When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Don't laugh because I'm wearing dad shoes. They're blue, but I need to show you my shins. Did you notice I'm wearing a hockey shirt to talk about soccer? I mean, typical American. In this English lesson to help you improve your English, I am going to be talking about the terms and phrases Americans use when talking about soccer. Americans are often talking about how other teams have beaten us when we talk about soccer, but I think this lesson will really help you improve your English. But we won't just talk about vocabulary, we'll practice some shadowing and also those tricky things that all English learners have trouble with, English phrasal verbs. I know, an American talking about soccer, it's a little absurd. Now, I might not know the game as well as you know it, but I am going to focus on the English teacher part. I do know a lot about English, so I'm not gonna focus on the game of soccer or, or football. Maybe, maybe we should talk about that first. Most of the world calls it football, but in the United States and in Canada, I asked two friends, my sister-in-law, she's from Canada, she says they, uh, they call it soccer over there. She even says she has two friends who have moved from Spain and Italy to Canada. They also call it soccer now. And Bob the Canadian, you might know him, he says in his part of Canada, they also call it soccer. So I will call it soccer, but to you it's probably football. What if I told you Americans are actually really good at soccer. In fact, in some ways, we're the best at soccer. I mean, four World Cups? Pretty impressive, but, but more on that later. The first term we should talk about is where do you actually play the game? Well, I'm not sure if you can tell, I'm on a soccer field right now. If you go to England in English, you might hear it called a pitch, but in the United States, it's a soccer field. In the United States, pitch is something else. It's a verb we use when talking about baseball or softball. They both have pitchers and they're the people who throw the ball really fast. In other words, they pitch the ball. You know that game, American football? In the United States, we just call it football. Well, this is also a football field. So it can be a soccer field on some days, or you can play football on it other days. If you come to a soccer game, you're probably going to be called a fan or a spectator. And spectators sit in the stands. We call these things stands, they have seats, and you're probably a fan of a soccer team. Like right now, while I'm recording this, the Euro is going on and also the Copa. And I do have teams that I am rooting for or that I am going for. That's what you can call, um, if you're a fan of a team, you root for that team or you go for that team. There are two teams, one in the Copa and one in the Euro that I am going for. But 
I don't want to make any viewers mad, so I am not going to say those two teams. Maybe you can guess the two teams in the comments or put your favorite team in the comments and maybe you'll find a fan of the team that you root for. If you're a fan sitting in the stands and you like what's going on, you can cheer, you can yell. If you don't like what's going on, at least in the United States, we boo, boo. If you don't like a call, we'll talk about ref in a minute. If you don't like the way the referee called the game, you can boo. Now, I think in Europe, they don't boo, they whistle. And that's something Americans don't do very often is whistle when there is a bad call by the referee. You know the person who, I think they wear yellow quite a bit, their jersey is yellow, they have a whistle, they blow a whistle, they make sure everyone is following the rules. Well, that's a referee, but nobody actually calls that person a referee. We often say ref. If you don't like the referee, you can say that ref sucked. And practice that, that ref sucked. Here's some more shadowing practice. The referee blew his whistle. The referee blew his whistle. For the next set of vocabulary words, let's go down to the soccer net and talk about things that happen down there. Yeah, so this thing is called either a soccer net or a soccer goal. And right up here, sometimes the ball will hit off this thing, like way up there, right up there. The thing is called a crossbar. So we can practice that shadowing there and use a phrasal verb. Sometimes the ball will hit off the crossbar. Sometimes the ball will hit off the crossbar. For anyone who is new to shadowing, what you can do is listen to the way I pronounce that sentence, pause the video, and try pronouncing it yourself. The player who stands near the net, sometimes they wear a different jersey. We call them the goalkeeper, or sometimes the goalie. Did you notice I'm wearing a hockey shirt to talk about soccer? I mean typical American. Do you know when a player scores for their own team, the ball accidentally goes into their own net or their own goal? That's what we call it. We call it an own goal. Own goal. Do you want to learn uh, an advanced verb for hits off? Instead of saying the ball hits off the crossbar, we could say the ball grazed the crossbar. Grazed, it means it just touches it and kind of bounces off. You might hear graze in a different way, like when cows graze in a field, means they're just hanging out and eating, but it's probably a different video for that one. Right now, I'm walking towards the middle of the field, and guess what we call that place? We call it the midfield. And many soccer fields will have an emblem or a logo in the middle. Right now, I am standing on the logo. Next, I am going to walk over 
or I'm going to walk towards the scoreboard. And guess what the scoreboard does? It keeps the score of the game. Let's say there's a score in the game that, that looks like that. In England, they would say one nil, but in the United States, we would say one to zero or one to nothing. Now, the sun is not right here. Okay, now it's better. You can see me better. Now I'm walking backwards just because of the light, but I am walking backwards towards the sideline. That's what we call the side of the field, the sideline. And guess who stands here? Two types of people, the manager or the coach. That's the person who's in charge. Or you might have the substitutes or the subs. Those are the people who come into the game later to give the other players a rest. Let's practice this sentence for shadowing. The substitute came into the game after halftime. In English, the game is separated into two halves. I know, when you put a plural on halves, it changes a little bit. Half, halves. There are two halves, the first half, the second half, and in the middle, we call that halftime. I can't do it because I'm an American and I can't play soccer, but you know when a player who's good can travel down the field kicking the ball to himself or herself? We call that dribbling. And I'll put a video here of a soccer player who is able to dribble the ball. You know when a soccer player hits the ball with their head? We call that a header. There is a slang term for a header that you might hear, and that is when somebody falls and bumps their head. For example, he took a header off the stage, meaning he was on a stage, maybe speaking to an audience, and he fell off the stage, bumped his head. We say he took a header. If a player does something bad, it means they commit a foul. Maybe they tackle a player, that's when they slide in with their feet and try to get the ball, but they hit the player instead. Call that a tackle. It's a bad tackle. And they might get a yellow card or a red card. If a player touches the ball illegally with their hand, we call that a handball. And if a player falls down without getting touched and they make a big deal out of it, we say that they have, I was going to mess up the tense, I had to stop. They took a dive. They took a dive. We don't say dove for that. We say he took a dive or she took a dive. Yeah, it's kind of weird about that, but yeah, not, oh, he dove. No, he took a dive. For this next one, we're gonna learn a part of the body that you might not know. And don't laugh because I'm wearing dad shoes, they're blue but I need to show you my shins. I couldn't find a video where they showed shins. So I'm gonna show you my shins and I'm gonna talk about some equipment that soccer players will wear to protect their shins. Okay, so don't laugh. Here are my shins. You see them? That, this part right here, that's my shin. And if you notice, probably your shin, it's just like skin and then bone something kind of gross to think about, but that's why players will wear what we call shin guards to protect. 
their shins. Now I'm gonna walk over to the corner of the field and talk about a kick that happens here. And when I show it to you, I'm sure you'll know it. That, we call that the corner and the kicks that come from this area, guess what we call them? We call them corner kicks. If the goalie or the goalkeeper gets to kick the ball instead, we call it a goal kick. That's pretty easy, right? Let's talk about a soccer player's feet next. They wear special shoes and we call those special shoes cleats, special shoes. That's not easy to say, but we call them cleats because they have little spikes at the bottom of their shoes. If you're in England, they call it something different and they say that they are soccer studs. The wind's really blowing. Hopefully you can hear me. They call them soccer studs. In the United States, soccer studs are very different. Soccer studs are guys that people find attractive. Like a stud in the United States is slang for an attractive guy, an attractive dude. Soccer studs, England, soccer cleats in the United States. If anybody wants to see what a soccer stud looks like in the United States, I'll, I'll put up a a video of a soccer stud. If you don't want to see a soccer stud in the United States, just like fast forward five seconds. We've talked about how a manager or a coach will run the team. They are in charge of the team, but there's a player, a special player who goes on the field and plays the game, but they're in charge on the field. We call that person a captain. And you know they're a captain because they will wear an armband on their arm. Let's talk about when a team loses and we can talk about some slang that you can use next time you're talking about a team losing. Austria, I'm sorry. Yesterday, I watched a game, Austria lost. They were eliminated from the tournament. And if I was talking to a friend of mine and we were sad that Austria lost, we could say, oh, it's too bad Austria lost. Rip Austria. R-I-P. Rip Austria. You can say that pretty much for anything that you've lost. Like, let's say you had a glass of water. It was a really cold glass of water and you wanted to drink it, but you accidentally knocked it off the table. Now you can no longer drink it. You might say, oh, rip glass of water. Rip. Anytime you lose something, you can say rip. It comes from when people pass away on their gravestone, sometimes it's written R-I-P and that stands for rest in peace. If you like these English lessons where we get outside and learn, I have another one for you. It's where I went to a lighthouse, one of the most beautiful spots in Maine, and I did a video from there. Thanks for watching, see you next time. I think there was a helicopter in the background. The wind is blowing, I hope you heard me. See you next time, yeah. There's a helicopter flying around in the back. Don't they know I'm trying to teach English? All right, for real. See you next time.